When your mission is beyond missionary, step up your game with Liberator. Their collection of transformable sex furniture and sex toy mounts will put you in sexual positions you never thought were possible. Use promo code MANHOR and save 40% off the best-selling wedge ramp combo at liberator.com. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret recurring subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHOR. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Ah, what's up, you cuffing cucks, you snow sluts, you New Year's nudists? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Ah, I'm feeling hyped, feeling excited. I did my did my uh, pump up music before hitting the record button. What was it, you ask? Oh, Mother Lover. Just give me all the good old SNL music shorts. Big fan, yeah, with that. Oh, with that gilf Susan Sarandon. Isn't it amazing that at her age, she can still get it? What is she, 90? I'm still interested. Hi, everyone. Uh, I am your host, comedian Billy Presida. And if you are new to this program, uh, this is a podcast that I've been doing for, Jesus, almost five years. That started with the mission statement of talking to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. This week, we stay true to that mission uh, as we do part two with Chris from Tinder. Of course, we did uh, part one last week. We talked a little bit more about uh, her and I's history and how that played into where she was in a, in a general arc of things. And I'll tell you some more about uh, what this week's episode is going to cover in a little bit. But first, these are show dates you don't want to miss, people. Uh, oh, gosh. If you follow me on social media... You have probably noticed a list of about 20 cities floated out there, kind of teased into the ether. Well, I am excited to finally announce that the Man War Podcast live show experience is going on the road. Yes, we're going to be doing something I like to call Tour de Man Whore. Yes, probably some kind of bicycle theme. I don't, I don't know, but what I do know is I'm hyped to take the show outside of New York City and do some more of these live experiences in front of a in front of an audience, which they have, you know, I've only done three, but they've been so fun and so raw and really very intimate. Um, some of my favorite episodes to have done, including that uh, that foregone episode that never got recorded. Uh, shout out to the People's Improv Theater for messing that one up. So yeah, what are these 20 cities? Let's start with that. Where where am I targeting in 2019? Well, keep your ears open in case you hear a city near you. I'm hoping to get to Atlanta, Los Angeles, Toronto, Austin, Bloomington, Indiana, Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, London. Hey, London town. Memphis, Miami, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Portland, the yay area, also known as San Francisco, Oakland, that whole bay, um, <laughs> Vancouver, 
and uh, Washington, D.C. Maybe we'll get slutty in the nation's capital. What makes this even cooler is that I teamed up with brown paper tickets for an experimental ticketing model. We're going to try something kind of new and different. Uh, here's, here's how this works. On January 18th, tickets will go on sale. They will be pre-sale discounted non-refundable tickets. Okay, uh, for the for all the American cities, they're ten dollars. Okay, ten dollars pre-sale discount tickets for a Man War Podcast live show. The catch is, you don't know what date the show is when you get the ticket. When one city reaches twenty pre-sale tickets sold, I will activate the city. I will book a venue. I will book a date, and then I will sell full price tickets for that date. And, uh, and, and if your city does not reach that 20 ticket threshold by March 31st, uh, then you get, you know, anyone who did buy those tickets do get a refund for the face value of their ticket. So, you know, it's only non-refundable if the city is going to happen. Now, now let's get these two obvious questions out of the way. Billy, what happens if I can't make the date once you announce it? Well, that's kind of part of the deal. But by buying a discount ticket, you help ensure that I come to your city. Well, Billy, you know, why wouldn't I just wait until a, a show is booked and there's a date and then I could buy the I'll buy the full price ticket. You're certainly welcome to do so. However, if we do not sell 20 pre-sale tickets by March 31st, I'm not coming to your city. It's kind of like someone's got to be first to the party type of thing. So, so that's how this will work. Tickets go on sale at manwarpod.com slash tour. Okay, manwarpod.com slash tour. Get your pre-sale discounted ticket. Get me to a city near you. I'll probably be like announcing some ticket total updates here on the podcast and on uh, the brown paper ticket website. You know, just to get you all excited. Okay, let's get competitive about it. Like, which city is going to get activated first? Which one? Honestly, if I took a guess, if I just kind of took a random guess, I think it will be either the Bay Area, Minneapolis, or Pittsburgh. Those are just my first guesses. Maybe we'll do something a little special for the first city that gets activated. All right. Uh, before we get to uh, my guest this week, Chris, Chris from Tinder, as she is in my phone, uh, it's time for the fan whore appreciation moment. All right. This is the part of the podcast where I like to give a shout out to some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Patreon is a fantastic way to support indie content creators like myself uh, while also getting a ton of value with a membership. Uh, my memberships include access to private sex positive discussion groups and exclusive access to bonus episodes of this show as well as oh so much more. I mean, shit, uh, this month I've actually just been offering 15 minutes on the phone to any patron just because, uh, you know, I just throw out a little surprise shits here and there. So uh, some of the, the members who are entitled to a phone call with me this month are Legion Lad. I did not realize that I had a uh, superhero for a, a fan, but that's awesome. Can you save me from the trolls, please? <laughs> Thank you so much for your support. I want to give a shout out to The Sex Rap. Uh, people seem to be using this portion to uh, <laughs> plug their podcasts, but you do you, boo boo. Uh, the Sex Rap is a is a podcast run by a couple of sexologists who answer like all the questions you're a little too embarrassed to ask 
you know, your friends about dating and sexuality. Uh, I'm glad that they're supporting the Man Whore podcast. And lastly, I want to give a shout out to Jackie and Sean, the modern lifestylers. There are a couple of cuties uh, uh, up in the Great White North who uh, I follow on Twitter. Uh, you can follow them to at Mod Lifestylers. If you like watching a, a swinger couple post their sexy pictures on Twitter. And you too can become a member for as little as $1 per month. I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, I just want to wait until I can, you know, pledge five, 10 or $20 a month. And I'm like, no, come on in right now, dollar a month. Let's get you started with that. All you'd have to do is go to patreon.com slash podcast, sign up today, make a difference in my life and enjoy all the wonderful perks of membership. One more time, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash podcast. And now for this week's guest, we're doing part two with Chris from Tinder. Um, so last week, we covered a little bit more of like her background, relationship history, and how I kind of fell into all of that. What happened was, what ha- happened was, what was we, uh, we started recording a bonus episode. Okay, that's why this conversation is actually a little shorter than our usual episodes, because normally we're doing 45 minutes to an hour. We were recording a bonus episode about her experience in sex work. And it was just so raw and real. Part of it is short because I'm not talking much in it. Um, So some of you might, this might be your favorite episode. But I just, I felt guilty not releasing this because it's just a story we really don't hear. And I thought it was a really, um, it's just something I really wanted everyone to hear. But while you listen to this, if you're like, oh, God damn, this is good, just know that this is the type of quality of bonus episodes you hear on my Patreon, okay? Uh, so, yeah, this one can be triggering to some of y'all, so strap on in if that's what you need to do. But let's uh, let's now listen to Chris tell the rest of her story about survival sex work. As we age, our bodies are changing, Certain parts need more support than they used to. Other areas are getting a little sore faster. And that's why it's important to make sex more comfortable. And that's where Liberator comes in. Liberator has been making fuck furniture to make sex more comfortable, more pleasurable, and last longer for decades. Their best-selling wedge ramp combo gets you in the right positions just a little easier, just a little bit more comfortable, which means you're ready to be in that position longer and harder. Uh, uh, uh. And you can get 40% off Liberator's Wedge Ramp Combo when you use promo code MANHOR at liberator.com. Or you can click the link at the top of the notes to go right to the product. Again, 40% off their best-selling Wedge Ramp Combo with promo code MANHOR. Or you can just browse around liberator.com and upgrade your sex life today. Like I said, it's, this is a, this is more about, they're more into the rawness and honesty than like a rosy picture. Okay. Not every, I'm not going to unbutton my chat button. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, everything on me had gotten tight, sadly. Uh-huh. Um, no, no, no. I think that's, a, that's the thing. Cause like not every story about sex work is like a rosy red picture. And right. There's but a lot- I also don't want to like be like one of those people who gives like a cliche like it's so mama 
Yeah, but cliches are become cliches because they are sometimes true. happen. Yeah. Like they're not necessarily like yeah. everyone's story, but there are some people's story. It's just the one that got latched onto, but it doesn't mean that like every public like some I just saw like to a movie screening um about like the sex worker in France and I didn't know the movie was in French, wouldn't have gone. Um <laughs> I, I don't want to read. You're so uncultured, Billy. I'm very uncultured. I'm a very <laughs> proper American kind of. And it, it was just so, so and I remember one of the, it was a Q&A afterwards and there was a little bit of concern of like, well, she ends up like taking her own life at the end of the movie. Mm. And it's like, well, isn't isn't this a whatever um a bad visual uh, representation of sex workers? But it's like this is a biographical. Honest. This is a yeah. this is a true story. So that's yeah. what happened, you know? And yeah. I, I think it's it's not a fair pressure to someone who has had poor experiences um to like demand them to be like quiet about it. So you know, thank th- you. Yeah, thank you. Because I don't want to be fucking quiet about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, when when we met, I think you had, I think you had like pretty much, I think you had finished whatever sex work you were yeah. doing. Yeah. At the time, um, what what were you, what were you up to uh, before you quit? Um. So like like why or like what I don't. Well, know. Let's start with like what were you what were you doing? What type of sex work were you doing? Um, I was doing mainly like uh either dom work or sub work so i was either doming other men or i was subbing for them and this is like i wasn't in dungeons or anything like that it wasn't like acceptable Mm -hmm. it was like very off color like like you know like fucking without a condom and shit like that oh you were doing that too yeah okay um and but you were doing these just at the parties or you're doing privates um the private was like fucking without a condom there was like i think like two or three guys that i would do it without a condom with and um I, I have been tested. I'm fine. Everything's okay. But, uh. um, uh, yeah, the, um, and I remember like when I first got started, uh, I, sorry, what, what are you, what are you asking me? No, no, go, go where, go where you're going. Okay. Um, yeah. Like when I first got started, uh, th- there was this like really old dude, uh, who, um, I was a sub for who like kind of put me in touch with a bunch of other people and he was the one who like I let him like fuck me bareback but he was like it was kind of strange because he was like such a sweet personality outside of that he would show me pictures of like flowers that he had taken and um, he was what always was the like, press, like this sweet old man doesn't have yeah gonorrhea? and he was like I am I don't know I, I was also I'm very young <laughs> I think I had I was about to turn 18 yeah oh oh so you had been doing stuff for a while yeah okay yeah and i just like i was like kind of poor my parents were like not really helping me so um i was like you know path of least resistance um and you know in my mind i'm like well he'll probably fuck me more or probably pay me more if i let him do this or that you know like with a condom or without a condom and so in the beginning of your career you were you were barebacking yeah, yeah. I mean, like, throughout, but, like, it was only with, like, three people specifically. Gotcha. And um, this guy, because, like, and that's, like, it was usually when, like, when I was at, like, my most desperate. And then, like, after we had done that, I didn't see any point in not doing it anymore because I was young and stupid. Um, And, <clears throat> yeah, that was, like, I just, like, it's really strange. Like, growing up, I remember like reading books about um sort of like you know with my girlfriend we would like 
giggle and like get like really horny over these like sex romance novels and like the men would be so harsh to the women and like they would do all these like mean bad things to them and they would like get us all wet in our panties and then like experiencing that was like very different Mm. um and it was like experiencing what experiencing like actually being in a a bdsm situation or like a dom sub situation Mm. was a lot different it was like emotionally jarring and because like i was so young and like you know i definitely like romanticized the fuck out of it and did not really know what to expect and probably got into it for the wrong reasons and when i did it um i felt pretty bad afterwards i called my friend who um afterwards was just like i don't care like i i think she was also like young and immature and didn't really know how to process the information this that is after your her. first time doing sex work yeah okay. like and like it was like sub work and it was like yeah. pretty brutal like i was pretty fucked up afterwards you know and um i like i left the place and i called a friend and i was just like i need someone to help me and she was just like Oh, oh, what am I to do? I'm in the Bronx. Like my parents will to leave my house. What kind of help? Like just like some basic aftercare or what? Yeah, like I just need someone to fucking come get me. Like I need fucking water. I need someone to fucking hold my hand. Yeah, you know, and you know, and I, I, yeah, it was just like really weird. I just like kept doing it, and um, because like the money was good, and um, I started. Through him, I met this other guy who was, like, much younger, <clears throat> but a little bit more brutal. Oh, no. Wait, I forgot. So, the guy who actually sold me my fake ID was, he He was the guy who introduced me into the parties. Okay. Yeah. So, um, he, I met him through a friend in the Bronx who was like, yeah, I know this guy who can get us fake IDs. And he, like, kind of hit on me and was like, how can I take you out? And he took me out to dinner and... We talked and I had already been doing work with these other two guys, like one that I met from the other. Mm. And he was like, oh, I know this party that we can go to, blah, blah, blah. So he took me to a sex club. It was like really shitty and gross. And I felt like super uncomfortable because I was just like getting off my period. And he got me like super drunk. I wasn't, I was like, I think I was like 18. And he paid off the bouncer to let me in because I didn't have ID um like a real idea like my idea was obviously fake so yeah it was just like a bunch of old people and like some of them are like clearly like really hot like prostitutes and i'm just like you know i think my appeal was not that i'm like super hot but i was super young you know to Mm. these people like it wasn't like oh she's like 510 she's daughter aged yeah yeah i was just like i was kind of like lumpy and pale and like I'm a little girl. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to make money. And the I just like I was me of so... sex appeal was that act out, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So hard right now. Oh, my God. I can't see without my glasses. Can you do that no, that voice when we have the threesome, please? Yeah. Thanks. I'm going to come. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> Yeah, this uh and I went to this party and I fucking hated it and there's this bunch of fucking sluts sucking on this guy's knob and <laughs> it's pretty much like, just all like escorts and then yeah, dudes, yeah, guys, yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know how fucking like plain Jane me landed up there, but I did. 
And then I went to this other party with this guy that was like 10 times more extreme where people had to pay like $200 to get in. And um, I, the guy's name was Saul. And he, I think he, I think he was like impotent. Like he couldn't even come, but his thing was just like beating on women. And I became one of those women. And I remember like, it was like this huge spread of like food and everything. And it was like in a beautiful loft in Chelsea and um like skylight and just like beautiful people everywhere and like i don't even know why the fuck i'm here because the reason i'm here is because i'll fucking let people like lay into me you know and i'll accept that kind of abuse and behavior so he really he put me through it and um what's putting you through it look like um like my i was bleeding in between my legs for like weeks like because like Like in my thighs okay yeah, like I got cropped in the middle and on the inside of my thighs and um there the it was rough cuz like it scabbed over and just like kept like peeling and stuff like that um afterwards um and there was like anal penetration even though I wasn't like really down with it so it was like kind of raped um and um yeah and it was like you know and like my nipples were like super sore and like you know, I still have, like, some stuff from it on my body, like, that I don't, like, really like to share. And, yeah, that, like, really fucking sucked. And, um, yeah. And I did I did that for some time. Those parties. Um, and then I saw this other guy that I had met through the first guy, um, who was like kind of chill like he would be like you know he would fuck and he would beat me up and then we would like have like sushi and stuff and i would play with his dog okay yeah why and i don't ask this like in in relation to like the hierarchy like one's worse or something than another but you sounds like you were pro subbing which is a very specific type of sex work that i view at least as like a beyond varsity level sex work if that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't. So when I say uh, why not only, I don't say that as in like what you were doing was worse. I mean as in it was an expert level to, in my opinion at least, type of sex work when and you were fresh and eighteen. So why when you're eighteen not? Escort well, I had also like just... gotten kicked out of my house, so gotcha. I like really needed money. Sure, but like so I'm just asking, like what was so the, what was the thought like, to go from like just escorting to like pro subbing? So, um. What do you mean? Like, I, I think I, I think it was like that was beyond me. Like, I didn't even like realize. Just like the first couple people you had clients happen to want this, and then you yeah, were, and I was just I like, this, this is what, what it is. Yeah, yeah, like I didn't, I like I was not aware of like this world of like escorting or like pro subbing or whatever the fuck that is. I still don't even know what that did, is. Did you know? Did you know that you could set your own limits and say like, well, we'll <laughs> we can do this, this, and that, but like we're not doing that. Um. Well, I think during the parties, say, like, I just felt I felt so much pressure and I felt like so, you know, like there's like a, so many people looking at you that um, I felt sort of like I was so embarrassed that I would be even more embarrassed to say no, like stop doing mm. this, you know, I was like, it just like felt like some sort of like weird pride dignity thing. And um, I think that was like really like all I had, you know, and, and it's like uh, when I was like younger, oh, man. Jeez, I used to like cut myself and stuff like that, and I used to like really like nurture the scars and like be like really nice to them and like. So I think I that was like an extension of that, like an extension of self harm. Yeah, 
self-harm through sex work. Yeah. Not, of course, I feel, I hate that I have to even say this, not that all sex work is self-harm. No, of course. I am not trying to say that. This is like sort of like why I was was like reluctant to even talk about this because I don't want to like, I know some people get so much pure joy. Yeah. From subbing no, and like experiencing You are so things. fine. Yeah. I was saying it one time, so I have said it, so it's not a thing that gets brought up. I don't get like an email. Gotcha. You're you're fine. You're fantastic. <laughs> your truth. Fuck anyone who says it's not what it is. Um. So not that like sex work is self harm, but the way in which you were doing it was self harm, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, what, what I was doing was self harm. Yeah. yeah. Let, let someone else leave the scars instead of you. Right. Which like kind of felt like, um, you know, I just like thought it was like cool. Like I thought it was like cool to like do this. You know, I was like, I'm such a badass. I like, I like fucking put myself through this. And then like, I obviously still felt really shitty, you know, but part of me was like, this is cool. You also have like all this money kind of out of nowhere. And, like, it just, like, it gave me something to, like, secretly hold against people that, like, cut in front of me in line, you know? Like, oh, they can't go through what I go through. Yeah. Kind of thing, which is complete bullshit. Of course, of course. Yeah. Do you do you still have that attitude when you do BDSM scenes with more dominant partners? Um. Do I? What do you mean, like, right now? Do you now? still have that, like, sense of pride? Um. I mean, it sounds like what we talked about before. No, your are you kidding me? Bit... I'm such a fucking, like, I mean, now I'm a pussy. Like, I'm like, no, bitch, I'm on top. You ain't gonna fucking touch it's me. It's so interesting because yeah. like, back then you were very big on like, I am way more submissive. No. Back when we like no. were talking. No. Like you pushed me on, the, the, the first time we fucked, like you pushed me on the bed. I was like, this is hot. Because I lean more submissive yeah. than anything. But at the time you were very vocal about how, uh, like, oh yeah, I can switch, but I'm really more of a submissive and that was like what you I think I think your- honestly I think it's like a confidence thing because yeah. I just didn't have the confidence to like lean into myself and like be me and like be like this is what I want. Yeah. I want dick. You know. Well, how how do you um come come to stop doing sex work? Um I came to stop doing it. Um so like as I was getting kicked out of my house, I just like I couldn't be in the city anymore, which is like really where it was happening and like I had to leave. I lived on the island for a period of time which also really sucked. Um and that's that's it. I came back from Long Island and I, and I continued it up again briefly for like, I think like a few months. And then that's when I met Bob of Jay and Silent sure. Bob. And then he was a fucking, a misogynist piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And was like, you can't And that, that was that. So it was really more him getting you to stop doing it than yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, I like, that's and why. Misogyny I, that's why the day just this up. one time. No, no, for real. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. And, that, and that's why I gave him so much leeway. And like, because I viewed him as my savior. Because mm-hmm. like, I was like, how can I let go of you? Like, you fucking saved my life. Like, if I had been on the path that I was on, like, I could end up in a fucking dead in a ditch somewhere kind of thing. Especially and he with just, the type like, of He you're... took me in with like, no questions asked. Like, he let me live with him. He like, fucking fed me took care of me like paid for me like helped me you know and like he had his own issues like he had also been homeless and like so we like really bonded hardcore on that and like i thought i kind of felt like i was like abandoning him when i broke up with him even though he was like such an abusive piece of shit and i was like i did not know how to emotionally deal with that where where, in in what context do you feel like you've seen your most um abuse within pro subbing or outside um, 
so within pro subbing, it was definitely this guy that just like he really loved to like he would tease the pain out of you. Like that's that's like the worst. I mean, there's just some, some people who are like barbaric and will just like you know go go go. But after a certain point, your body kind of like shuts down and you can't feel anything anymore, which is yeah. like a grace. But like he knew how to prevent that from happening, mm. so you would really feel everything. Which is even more the reason why, like, I mean, did you ever end up realizing, oh, like, if this type of work I do, I need a person who is my aftercare person because my client's not going to do that. So, like, okay, no, I had no, I had no, I had no concept of that. No, you just thought like this is how I feel after doing this. Yeah, I would just like I would like take a cab home and I would just like lay in in bed and, and at home in the Bronx, like you know, my sister. Yeah. I was I shared this a room with my sister and. If, you know, if I was on, like, good terms with my parents, I would go home and just share a bed with my sister. Because a pro sub, like, it's more than, like, your typical John who just, like, might get a little rough or whatever, want to spank it a little extra hard. Like, someone who hires a pro sub is, like, very specifically looking for someone they can take their sadism out on. Yeah. Which is, like, fine in a consensual, like, situation where people are... <laughs> yeah, so Like I said, that, that's why I refer to this as, like, such a varsity level of sex work that you were in at 18... <sighs> And not even realizing that's what you were doing. Right. Because it's like most sex workers do not let clients do that for some of these reasons. Well, I was extremely like naive and, you know, like I had, I, like I said, I had no fucking concept. I just, I had no backbone. I, I mean, not that I had no backbone. I just like, I just didn't know. I was so young. I hadn't found my voice. Like, I didn't know how to say no. Were you reading like other sex workers like on the internet or anything like that? No. Do you now? Um, I think I did for a period of time after sure. I did sex work sure. just to like, as like a healing thing. Was kind of part of you ever like, wait, what? Like I had this yes, agency? every fucking day. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Every fucking day. Like not every day, but you know, sometimes I'll just like be walking down the street thinking about it. And like, I am so grateful that nothing ever happened to me because there are so many opportunities that people just could not have cared, you know? And like done some i was in very vulnerable positions Uh and i didn't speak up for myself yeah how do you how how did you never how did you not just adopt this this like anti an anti-sex worker stance with your i did for some time yeah oh i totally did i remember um the guy that i was dating was also like anti-sex worker like but he was also anti-woman and but he also probably hired sex workers it's just gonna be my guess on the side i don't think so i i highly doubt it yeah yeah i'm pretty confident that that's a no but um uh i i think i thought for some time that i was like no like people who do sex work are people who are like like me you know like that's the only experience that i had with it so i'm like they're like me they're not really in their right mind or they can't receive pleasure from this or they can't receive joy from this and this is only going to deteriorate them emotionally like this is going to deteriorate their soul Mm -hmm. like it did for me like that's the only perspective that i saw was my own and i think it just like got older and i was like that's not the case you know honestly also shout out to james my fucking boyfriend Because I am going through a fucking sexual renaissance right now with this motherfucker, okay? I did not know I could have so... Like, honestly, this is, like, the best sex I've ever had in my entire life. And I did not expect that at this age. And I'm, like... I don't know. I just, like, sex... And, like, I just... Like, going through life and, like, my experience with my life and, like, my sexuality had always been such a chore. And, like, I never really, like, knew how to request pleasure from it. You know? So... I feel that now. 
I'm like, yeah. I would suck a dick for some money. I like sucking dick. I don't like money. So you would do... I would do it again, except for the fact that my like boyfriend is like not about it, which I totally respect and appreciate. Like That's a that's a boundary that we have. And I of oh, course. put our relationship so much higher on the, on the scale than my desire to do these other things. This seems like your first like real healthy, healthy relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I can I can sleep better knowing it wasn't me now. Uh just to make this about me for a minute, everybody. I, mean, I it felt is. like this got a little too much about you with your beautiful story of survival. It's like, what about Billy? No, um, uh, no, I, I mean, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, it, like I said, I, I'm happy to hear that things. Thanks have for letting me the- share it. I'm sorry it got so heavy. Nonsense, please. We had a, f- a couple months yeah. ago, we had someone talking about how she was trying to kill herself and then, you know, came back from it all. So yeah. it's fine. Uh, it's only not fine if it's not real. And then that, then I'd say you're a great actress. You should quit that other profession of yours. Maybe I'll make great. Maxim Hot 100. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I could see it. I could see it. Uh, I I could try to stretch, but I feel like that's just a really nice place to kind of leave off on. Cool. So, you know, Chris, thanks again, and why don't you say goodbye to everyone one more time. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was just so good. Uh, that, that that's one of those episodes I just I leave the apartment being like, oh man, I connected with a human. Then I run back to. I run back to Bushwick and smoke some weed so I don't have to connect with anyone anymore. Uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody. If you did, share this podcast on the social media. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes if you can. Uh, help, help me spread the word about this show so more people can hear it. You can like the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page. Just search Man Whore Podcast. Or you can follow me on Twitter at TheBillyPresita. And uh, yeah, my Instagram still down. Still working on it. We're going to see what we can do. If you want to uh, send me your comments, your questions, your booby pictures, you can email that to manwhorepod at gmail.com. We got merch, people. Did you know we have merch? We got shirts. We got panties. We got buttons, stickers. And there's going to be more as the year moves forward. You're going to want to go get yours today by going to gumroad.com slash podcast. I love seeing my fan whores in their man whore gear. Uh, I love it when people are tweeting at me like them with their button or them wearing, you know, bent over wearing the stay slutty panties. It's pretty fucking fun. Um, Last but certainly not least, the best way to support me and to get more man whore in your life is to become a member of my Patreon community. You get access to private sex positive discussion groups, access to exclusive man whore podcast bonus episodes, which this episode with Chris was supposed to be, as well as oh so much more, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Once again, become a member at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Next week, oh God, such a good episode. Next week, we've got Holly Randall, who's a, a an acclaimed porn director. She's fantastic. I'll tell you why she's so fantastic next week, but you're not going to want to miss that one. Uh, once again, January 18th, tour to man whore tickets on sale. Get excited for that episode. Maybe go watch some of her work over at hotmovies.com and stay slutty. Stay slutty.